All right, what is up, everybody? Thank you once again for tuning in. This is 314 Punk, and this is an episode with Jack and Jake from Direct Measure. Uh, super awesome dudes, really enjoyed hanging out with them. Um, haven't really got to get to know them or their band very much until this episode, and uh, just really enjoyed hanging out. So uh, thanks so much to them for joining. Make sure to follow them on Instagram. It's at Direct Measure HC. Uh, they have a new album coming out. They have uh, a bunch of stuff happening, out-of-town shows, all kinds of stuff. So just make sure to give them a follow and stay on top of what they're doing. Uh, there's a ton of new shows um, coming out. The main show that I know about right now uh, that's coming top of mind is We Bite, which is a Misfits tribute band and uh, Bastard Squad, and that's at Red Flag on Halloween night this upcoming Sunday. So make sure to check that out if you're looking for something to do. There's a ton of new shows happening in November, so I'd highly recommend uh, checking out things that are happening and shows and stay on top of the 314 Punk Instagram to see what's happening in November. The first few weeks are super, super busy uh, that first weekend in November. So. If you like this episode, please share it. Give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Share it on Instagram and tag us. Um, or just tell a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Enjoy this episode with Direct Measure. All right. I have Jake and Jack from Direct Measure. How are you guys doing? Doing good. good. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having us, man. Really stoked to, uh, <laughs> stoked to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm stoked to have you guys. I, uh, I It looks like you guys just... Came off kind of a busy weekend, right? Very busy weekend. Very long weekend. I'm uh, the most sore I've ever been in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> it felt like a four-day-long fight. So. <laughs> <laughs> but fun. Very fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Where'd you guys go? We went to uh, well, we went to Tulsa, but before that, we played a show in Springfield, Illinois, at this place called Dumb Records. With a uh, okay, yeah, I've heard of Dumb. I haven't been there, but I've. You should definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, we played with our buddies in prevention, uh, Constraint and Gates to Hell uh, from Louisville, uh, Flashback from Canada, I think, Regina, Saskatchewan, and our friends in uh, Discourage, and they're from uh, California. Nice. Yeah. It was a fun show. And then we, after that, we went back home and slept in our own beds and then all met up at our practice space and drove to Tulsa the next morning. Was and, that for prom core? Uh, the prom core pre-show. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we played. Nice. And that was a good time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It looked like you guys were having fun. I mean, it was in, it was just inspiring to me. To, I follow both of you guys on oh, cool. <laughs> social media and all that. It was just cool to me to see you guys out there. People from St. Louis, bands like going out there, playing out-of-town shows, like mm -hmm. getting their name out there and stuff. And yeah, it's really cool. So I'm glad you guys <laughs> had fun. I, I can definitely relate to the being sore thing, too, because we played a show... A few weeks ago and like for the next couple of days after that i was like finding bruises on my body <laughs> from like I, I don't know if it was just from loading in or like you know mm -hmm. from what but like um yeah i definitely I always, feel your uh, pain i always call it every time after we play a show and my neck hurts the next day i'm like man i got mad bang over right now <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so bad. my neck is just like permanently stiff <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah so uh and you guys have a new record coming out too or uh, we we have a EP out that's uh, streaming right now on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube, and our Bandcamp. Uh, we did put pre-orders out on vinyl through uh, Patient Zero Records, 
and they also put it through was it nuclear, uh, nuclear family nuclear family over in Europe um, and then I think it's on Rev HQ I'm not sure oh nice I, I thought it was, but I like went and looked on the thing, and I was like, I don't see it, but that's okay. <laughs> They're still available for pre-order, and we have a couple of different variants, uh, different covers. A couple of the covers yeah. are already sold out, but there's a couple like you know different colors of the vinyl that are available. And uh, yeah, they're, like, they're available through PatientZeroRecords.com and still up for pre-order. We haven't gotten the vinyls yet, but we're uh, we're holding out. We're, we're, we're real excited uh, think, to get them. I think they're supposed to start shipping in February, so... Which is crazy because, like, like everyone else, we we put out, uh, we send out the um, the order for this record like something like a year ago. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just now starting to show up because everything's so backed up. Yeah, I've heard that, that <clears throat> vinyl right now is crazy. It's, it's a like, curse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool because I remember like, you know. When I remember when Spotify and streaming services really started kind of getting bigger and like you started paying, you know, for these services like. And and people saying, oh well, nobody's gonna listen to vinyl or CDs or th mm -hmm. anything like that anymore. And now it, it it really is like, you know, I like having a physical thing like a oh, tape, sure. like you know, even even if it's just something that like, um, you know, there's this band called Pinkville. I don't know if you guys. Oh heard yeah, of them. yeah. Pinkville's Pink, cool. Pinkville's yeah. sick. Shout but, out Ethan. <laughs> yeah, they put out a tape, and I bought it because I wanted to support them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I haven't listened to the tape, but like, you know what I mean? Like. I don't know. Does that make me a poser? No, not at all. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Have, like <laughs> a massive collection of tapes. I was literally just talking to uh, our uh, our label guy Jerry, and uh, he does like a huge distro. And we were talking about how tapes were like kind of they're still kind of popular, but like especially like a few years ago, uh, and. Nobody listens to their tapes, I swear. I I collect them and they're like almost like a novelty item. Yeah. They sound yeah. like crap. I like. I would listen to all my tapes, but my tape player is currently broken. So I they're just they're just sitting on a shelf just as like a They're fun. Yeah, yeah just as, a, as a, they're knickknacks. They're just knickknacks yeah, on yeah. a shelf. I, I I think and I think that's what's cool about it. It's like I, I actually think it's just, you know, when I like a tape was the first form of music that I had when I was a kid, so it's kinda cool to like have Right. The tape of the thing, you know, even though I listen to my music on streaming, like mm -hmm. it's just kind of nice to have that, I think. So it's uh, it's just really funny when I talk about uh, like I'll talk to my family about like putting out like like when I was putting out tapes with earlier bands, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm putting out a cassette tape. And my mom's like, what? Like, why? She's like, those are cool again. And I'm like, yeah, but sort of. Just it's cool, okay. <laughs> and uh, it's just it's funny how like stuff cycles through. I'm waiting for like bands to start putting stuff out on like Laserdisc or something. <laughs> CDs are lame. Fuck CDs. <laughs> I'm so tired of CDs. There I'll was a lose them. There, there was a guy on Instagram who put out our last EP on a fuck. What do you call it? An a track. An, an A track. A -track. Yeah. Oh wow, -track, that's like, interesting. Tape, it was so like it, random too. It works. There's a video of him like plugging in and hitting play, and it's like holy shit. Yeah, he did one for us, and I think he did like a time. I think he did one time and pressure one too, didn't he? I think so. He's yeah, done. That was cool. He's done a couple. <laughs> he's done a lot of fucking bands. Like that's, cool. that's all his Instagram is is just him making a track tapes. That's it's awesome. Like, that's sick. Yeah, that's really cool though. I think it's cool that people are like producing that kind of stuff mm -hmm. still, even though like. Yeah, and I know people still listen to their vinyls. Like, oh yeah, for you know, sure. But it's just CDs, tapes are a little just kind of like it's. I feel like vinyl is the best sounding. It sounds you know? great. Like, I mean, like depending on what you play it on, like if you have like some real cheap like 
I don't know, like Crosley, like little travel turntable. <laughs> it's probably not going to sound great. Like just spend some money on like a decent record player and it sounds amazing. Hell like, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so tell me about some of the bands. And this is one of the questions is like, uh, well, okay, before we go to the questions from Instagram, um, what was kind of like the moment, your entry point into this world of like punk and hardcore where you like really connected with it and thought, you know, I think I want to do a band or I want to be a part of this like subculture? Well, since I was a kid, my dad like introduced me to like rock and roll. Like he introduced me to like Zeppelin and a bunch of old school, you know, the classic rock bands and some jazz musicians. He was also in like many bands for many years. He like so he's the reason why I picked up music. Like he was like when but when we were before we even born, he was like if we ever have kids, then they're gonna learn how to play music. Blah blah blah. But um. So, I, yeah, I started listening to, like, classic rock, and as I got older, he introduced me to, like, more bands around that time, like, the 90s and the early 2000s of, like, Queens of Stone Age, which is, like, still my favorite band today. Um, he showed me, like, Nirvana. He showed me Linkin Park, and that, like, kind of, like, changed everything for me. Like, I started listening to, like, more aggressive music. Um, then, I guess around 12 years old, I came home from school one day, and my dad was like, hey, you like loud, angry music, right? I go, Yeah. And he pulls me aside and uh, puts on a record and just puts his headphones on me and leaves the room. And it was Dead Kennedys, Fresh Food for Ryan Vegetables. Nice. <laughs> like an original pressing. <laughs> and I'm just listening to this, just all alone, going like, what the fuck? This is cool. I hate the government. Holiday Cambodia, Kill the Poor. Um, and then he comes back and goes, hey, is this is, is A-side over? I go, I guess so. And he flips over side B and then leaves the room again. Oh, man. And then... You know, he just started showing me like punk bands, and I, he didn't tell me what it was. He just I, I started listening to this music. I started listening to like Misfits and Black Flag, and I didn't know what punk was. It was just me discovering all that. But um, then as time went on, like by the time I got to high school and I was playing guitar a little bit, I sucked ass at it. <laughs> I wanted to start a band, but my only friends, my only friends, I was the only like punk rocker in my high school besides this other kid named Jimmy, and. Um, I wanted to start a band, but my only friends at the time were Juggalos. Oh. <laughs> and they wanted to do like a rap thing, a rap like metal thing. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm real glad that never fucking happened. God damn it. <laughs> um, then, you know, I tried to start bands in high school, but like by the time my senior year, I finally got a band started. It was called Gang Control. And it was with my buddy, uh, Brennan R. Scott, rest in peace. Uh, my little brother, Joey. And uh, my friend Mikey Medwin, who plays in Antithought now. And uh, we were a band for like five or so years. Um, and also, that was, it was, man, I'm gonna be straight up. It wasn't a good band. <laughs> but it was a fun fucking it band. Fun. It was fun. It was really fun. It was a fun fucking band. We had great shows. We had great turnouts. Uh, the music wasn't good. Like, my lyrics suck ass. My lyrics still suck ass. But it's true. They, oh, man. They, um, it was, it was, it was a good time. But, uh, it basically just started with like my dad like showing me like all the all, started me off with like Zeppelin and like heavy like rock and roll or classic rock music and then around that time when he showed me Dick Kennedy's I kind of just discovered music on my own like I was like I looked at Dick Kennedy's and then on YouTube or something like that and then fucking Black Flag would show up or like so all these bands and oh he also got me he also rented for me the American Hardcore documentary. Oh, oh cool. I never watched that. Um, he saw I was getting more into this stuff and then he rented this DVD for me and I, he was like, you should check this, you should check this out. I heard it's pretty cool. It's come up your alley and I play it and I go, 
that's when I fell in love with like negative approach. <laughs> and holy fuck. So that's basically it for me. It's like, kind of it's kind of funny how similar your origin story is to mine cuz like uh I remember being like 9 years old and like I would my my dad's always played music like ever since like since I was little he was in like the early 90s he was in an Iron Maiden tribute band. Oh sick. Uh, so like <laughs> That's hard. it was pretty cool <laughs> I think. Man, your dad uh, was in an Iron Maiden tribute band and my dad played the sax. <laughs> yeah, my dad. We're not the same. My dad would probably beat up your dad in a fight. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't know, but my dad. Your dad actually looks kind of tough, though. My dad's a scary motherfucker, man. <laughs> yeah, do you say he's like drives? He, he rides a motorcycle. He's he, tough, right? He was, he, was a, he was in a biker gang in Edwardsville for many years. Oh man, he was but, he, uh, he's soft though. <laughs> he was probably the, he was the softest in the gang. Man, but uh, yeah, my dad would always uh, he would always listen to bands like Iron Maiden and like. ACDC was like a favorite band. So I always knew stuff like that growing up. Uh, and then up until like nine, I would listen to that. And then like anything that came on the radio. So like I was really into like Eminem and stuff when I was like younger. Any like kind of radio hip hop. Uh, and then he showed me Guns N' Roses. And that was like my favorite band for like a year. Uh, and then he, my dad bought a new car and found a CD or a used car and found a CD that was in it. And he goes... Huh, what's this? And he handed it to me and it was uh it was Iowa by Slipknot. Oh, <laughs> and he wow. gave it to me and I listened to it and I was like the first beginning of the record was just like death, death, like you know, I was like really scared, but then I started listening to it and I was just like, This is like the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life. Slipknot was like my favorite band in high school. And then, I, still, I, I, I still yeah. go off of that band. So like I, I found that album and then, you know, all the other albums, bands that come with that, like Lincoln Park and like Disturbed sure. and like all these new metal bands. So like I feel like I got into new metal uh, probably around like 11, 12 or something like that. Uh, and then I went to high school with uh, my my best friend. His name is Drew McDonald. And he knew that I listened to kind of like heavier music. Shout out Drew. Yeah. He also played in our band for a little bit uh, too. But we, me and Drew were in our very first bands ever. Uh, and he showed me bands like, like he was super into like Silverstein and like oh, Emery. Yeah. Okay. Uh, early kind of the emo, yeah, emo core, screamo. And he he type. showed me that stuff, and I was like, "This is neat because it's not like this like rap metal stuff that I had been listening to for like three years that I was already kind of sick of at that point." Uh, so he showed me that, and then that kind of led me into like a lot of post hardcore, uh, metalcore. Uh, I was really in, we were super into like Kill Switch and like Azalea Dying. Uh, Fuck Tim Wambisis though, uh, and like isn't a that such a wild story? Dude. I don't want to get into it too much, yeah, but like just knows. a yeah, <laughs> crazy story about that dude. But like our first band sounded like Atreyu. Like we were just really, okay. really into stuff like that. Uh, and then I think I didn't really get into like hardcore until like probably like two thousand like eight or something like that or seven. Uh, like my friend had shown me band like really heavy bands at the time like a mirror and like stuff like sure. that and I was like this is super heavy but I didn't really have a concept for what like hardcore was until uh, I heard the first rotting out record which was uh, okay. this is just a life uh, and then I kind of just started trying to want to play in bands like that and stuff um, and that's that's pretty much it that's kind of like how I got into it <laughs> so like our band dynamic uh, direct measure like Three, uh, three of the guys are from Illinois: Jake, Anthony, and Jonathan, and they all have like metalcore and like new metal backgrounds. Where mm -hmm. Kevin and I have like punk background, 
So it's it's uh it's, it's kind of like uh it's weird, but it's also like a good way to be creative and yeah. like you know step yeah. outside your comfort zones and stuff like that. Yeah, for, that's for, awesome. Like writing, it's very it's kind of a cool dynamic. It also means that the three of us being in metalcore are just naturally better musicians than you. Two, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I mean, I'm not denying that. Suck I, I will say this. I will say this that like just from my personal like experience, like I'm, I have the punk, I'm the punk background too. I'm from <laughs> Illinois too, originally too. So where where are you guys? Where are you from? And uh, so I went to high school in Hillsboro, Illinois. Oh, I'm originally I grew up in Ramsey. Oh, what? No yeah. way. That's and, wild. I grew up in Ramsey, like out in the country, and then I went to I graduated high school in Vandalia. So oh, okay. Very, I was spent, born in Hillsboro. That's crazy. I spent a lot, I spent some time in Vandalia, but I hung out in like Litchfield all the time. Okay. So. You probably well. know. Do you, you do you know Benny Dewitt? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I know Ben for a yeah. long time. Yeah. I. Uh, that's <laughs> funny thing. Uh, Benny, he used to be in the band Renee. Yeah. Uh, I have like the little skeleton key Renee tattoo on my arm, and oh, along that's with sick. like ten other people. Uh, they were like the first like local live band I ever saw, and that kind of ma- that's what made me want to like play in a band. So that's just that's just wild. I think. <laughs> that's crazy. You're from Hillsborough, man. Yeah. I don't. I don't normally meet. I'm sure you know. Polter guts. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Martin is from Fillmore. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. Like originally, I, yeah, Martin from that area. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Like I feel like I'm always running into people from like that, mm-hmm. like either that area or like Southern Illinois, like Breeze, Carlisle. Right. Like there's a lot of people that like in the music scene that gravitated like to the city. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think um, I played my first ever show in Carlinville, Illinois. Okay. In like a sweaty punk basement. Like That's in awesome. Like 2007 or 8 or something like that. <laughs> it's just wild how many people are like from those, those small Illinois towns. And yeah. Like either live in St. Louis or like or they're somehow connected. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's cool how you always find each other, I feel like. But um, I was just going to say about metal is um just hearing these guys like fisters over here and these mm-hmm. you know like these guys play storm ruler i don't know if you know them but they're like crazy speed metal and i'm like sometimes i uh, i'm just like damn dude uh, like those guys just come from a different world of like guitar playing than mm-hmm. i'm from you know i'm just kind of in here hacking my way through like <laughs> what i feel like sounds good you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i do feel like there is a there's a certain level of musicianship to that stuff it's it's funny cuz like i feel like the best hardcore bands are always like dudes who are really into like metal and then like they dial it down to like play really like tight hardcore. <laughs> I just have a quick question. Is this the last room on the left of the, of the building? Yeah. I used to practice in this room. No shit. My, my old Power what? Violence band Skinner. Okay. I practiced in this room. And uh, we, <laughs> shared, we, we shared this room with some buddies. I just now realized I'm looking around like, what the fuck? Yeah, how, really how long ago? So I, I've Fuck. Been, I, yeah, I've been here for it'll be six years since I've been here in I think November about, wow. about that time. Yeah, I can't remember when our last show was. I, mean, I know where it was at, but I can't remember the exact year. That band had a very short, uh, short like career. I guess we really didn't release any music or have any merch out. We just played shows, but that band like helped me get into the scene I am now. That's cool. Yeah, with with like, yeah. all the guys I know. So that was that's one of the questions from Instagram is like what were some of your earlier bands that you guys were in, like? Um. So my first like, inch. So like my first band ever was uh with my buddy Drew McDonald, uh, who used to play in Brute Force and Direct Measure, and our first metalcore band. We were like fifteen years old. Uh, it was called Attrition. We put out one record. We put out one EP. 
And we were a band for like five years. It was like my high school career band. Uh, and then I think I was in like a genty kind of band called, it was called Embers, where I was like, I'm going to buy a seven string guitar because I like Born of Osiris and like all these like heavy dumb bands. Uh, worst mistake I ever made. Um, that was a very short lived band. We were a band for like a summer and played like two shows. Uh, but my first introduction into like being in a hardcore band and like a touring band, uh, I was in a band with uh, my friend Alex Reed and a bunch of other people. Uh, called Loses the Mighty, and it was like a melodic hardcore band. Worst name for a band I've ever heard. Uh, but we, uh, I was really into like counterparts and stuff like that. Oh, I love counterparts. Yeah, and uh, it was funny. I had like just left college. I was like, I, I, I spent two years at Milliken, and I went back home, and I was like, man, I want to play in a band. I haven't played in a band in like a couple years, and I got on Bands of the Midwest and was like, who needs a guitar player? Like, I want to play in a band, like, super bad. And these, like, dudes just hit me up. People I'd never met who are, like, my some of my best friends now. Uh, started playing with them and immediately, like, started, like, recording and, like, touring. And, like, spent, like, we did probably, like, I don't know, seven or eight tours or something with that band. And we were only a band for, like, from, like, 2013 to, like, we were only a band for, like, two or three years or something like that. Um, but uh, during that, I also played guitar and sang in a kind of grungy shoegazy band called Lavender. Okay. Uh, and I did a few tours with that band. Uh, but that band, I think, Loses the Mighty and Lavender really opened me up to, like, making connections with people, like, in my scenes. Sure. Uh, Springfield, Illinois scene, as well as, like, St. Louis. Uh, because when we were playing Lavender, I met I met Kevin, who plays drums in direct measure now. I met Jack, I think, probably at that point, too. Uh, we played a show together, Loses the Mighty and Skinner. And okay. I, I think that's how we met. We played Barnfest, didn't we? That's how, that's how we, like, that's, like, the first time we ever, like, saw each other. Mm-hmm. But, like, we didn't, like, talk. And yeah. then, then we talked at... Probably because like, I, th- 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 I thought you were really cute. I was um, too nervous to say anything. <laughs> um, same. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk. and we, we, we The first time we ever talked and had a conversation was at Barnfest. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, those, those two bands were definitely my... Uh, my connections to people like change your mind. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that. So, what is it about um, hardcore that really like draws you guys into? Because, like I said, I come from more of the punk background. I'm I'm into like a little bit of, um, like a little bit of hardcore. I mean, I I love like Black Flag and mm-hmm. Youth of Today and Gorilla Biscuits and that kind of stuff. But like, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm um. And I've I've been going to some more hardcore shows lately. Um, was that that one that I think you guys put on with a braid? Oh yeah, yeah, and and um, the one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been just listening to more hardcore lately, like because mm-hmm. of listening to more bands in St. Louis. Like, what is it about the hardcore scene in general that really kind of like drew you guys into it or attracted you to it? Um. The energy mostly just the uh, first time I ever went to a legit like hardcore show. It was man, okay. The first like legit like hardcore show I went to was Gateway to the West Fest, okay, mm-hmm. and that was bonkers. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was like 2012 or 2013, I can't remember which one. But um, my buddy Brandon, he and I were in a band together, and um, he was just like, Hey, there's this hardcore fest happening called Gateway to the West Fest, you want to go? And I've never heard of it. I was like, yeah, sure, sounds like fun. We got tickets, and it was a lot of those like straight edge bands, like one of those like it was like rep your city bands, a lot of early two thousands hardcore bands. I can't name exact like 
I can't give you like a list of wh- who I remember playing. I do remember Rival Mob was one of the bands Rival I played, Mob. and that band that is like the band. But there's like um bands like uh, this band called Sorry Excuse that I absolutely that's a cool name. Uh, well, oh, that was the first time I ever saw Razzle Dazzle, which is a band hey. I absolutely love. But um, yeah, it really like op- it really like opened the door for that kind of like music and also getting to know like drew and james from time and pressure back then they were in a band called perfect people james was booking shows and you know he uh, he gave my power violence band shows when no one else would so like him and the uh, the st louis local hardcore scene and but first going to see gateway to the west fest really opened the door for like the stuff i'm into now but before that i was like you know doing punk bands and stupid stupid bands like i was in this band yeah, called... what were some of your early bands okay well um i was in a punk band called gang control with mikey joe and brandon from uh man those like about for about five years i can't remember the exact years but the you know again not, not a good band but a really fun <laughs> band i had so much fun in that fucking band and those guys were like my best friends and we did so much stupid shit together when we were younger um then i did skinner no, no, but sorry. Before that, I did this band called Big Fucking Trucks, <laughs> and it was kind of like that. it was kind of like a power violence band, but it also had like some sludgy, doomy shit. And that was with uh, Cricket and Joe Rowe from Stink Bomb, and Brady and Gnarly Nate from the Scum Shots. And so it was oh, like man, a, I love it, that band. Name. It was it was like a super, it was like a a quote unquote punk rock punk rock super group. <laughs> So fucking dumb, but um, that oh yeah, we had we had dumb lyrics. We wrote dumb fucking riffs. <laughs> but uh, that was a fun band too. That band only had two shows. There you go. <laughs> but that was a that was a that was a fun band. And then after that, I re- then I did Skinner. Then after that, I wasn't really doing any music at all for time being. And my little brother wasn't in the band. And my older brother Graham, he wasn't doing a band anymore either. He was playing guitar in other rock bands and stuff like that. And we were all just like, hey, how about we start a band? Fuck it. And uh, that was a band called Smooth Talking Perverts. <laughs> it was a rock band. We were like like Qu- Queens of Stone Age and Zeppelin influence. Okay. Your dad played in that band too, didn't he? My dad played on a few songs. He yeah. played You're like a family band. talked a little bit about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He played uh, he played sax on a few songs. And that was a, that was a fun band for a bit. Um, it just, uh, well, we wrote, we, won, we wrote one full-length uh, album. And played a good amount of shows. Didn't really do much. Didn't did, didn't do like any touring or like really out of, any out of town shows. But um, it was fun playing music with my brothers. And it just uh, you know we just slowly died out and just slowly like lost interest. And then we finally said like, now nah, nah, we're done. Fuck it. Well, it's kind of cool because you guys are all like in different bands now too. Yeah, Graham plays in a band called Biff Gnarly and the Reptilians. Okay. He plays bass in that band. Uh, Joey of course plays in Young Animals. And awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we all we're all we're all doing fine with what we're doing, and I'm all happy. kind of different genres too. From what yeah, it's like, pretty. Young Animals is pretty dynamic. different than Direct Measure and Split. That is Joey's a really good. talented drummer. Uh, there was a big gap where he didn't play drums for a while, and I was actually kind of worried he was gonna like, lose his touch. But I saw them play at Heavy Anchor like some time ago, and he hasn't. He's a really good drummer, and yeah. he's always been like he's always been kind of like a jazz drummer. Like okay. he's he's really good with time signatures and he plays pretty soft, but like in he's he's a he's a really good drummer. Like he, um he can probably still play heavy music like or punk music of course, but like that's kind of like he fe- I know he feels comfortable doing what he's doing, and uh, Graham seems to be having fun with 
fifth round of the reptilians like he's uh, he's a really good musician and uh graham's kind of like the reason why i kind of play bass now better than i did like he he taught me a lot like i could play bass a little bit back then but he like he really showed me like how to take it up a notch so you you sing in direct you sing in direct measure right and yeah. and then you play bass and split or guitar? Or I play what? bass and split. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. And are you in split too? Or? Yeah. So I okay. play. Uh, I play guitars. So this is now guys. the split podcast. No yeah. longer dread. <laughs> split takeover. Totally kidding. <laughs> so yeah. So you play. You play in that band as well. Mm-hmm. Guitar or? Yeah, I play okay. guitar in that band. We kind of um, we started that band as kind of like just like a side project. Sort of, and it's funny because like half the people that started that band with us like aren't in the band anymore. Yeah, uh, I but, jo- I joined later on. After yeah, Jack's not an original original uh, split uh, member. <laughs> yeah, they had a uh, they had Kyle on bass before he moved to vocals, and they asked me if I wanted to play, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like that EP sick. I want to play this shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I think uh, my what pulled me into like wanting to play like hardcore. Um, definitely was like how raw it can be um, because like I'd always been trying to do these like kind of polished metalcore bands where everything sure. felt really like I don't want to say like superficial because like I still listen to like a lot of those bands sometimes but everything felt very forced sometimes and then uh, I think the first time I was like I am in a like super cool heavy hardcore band uh, I was touring with a band I was filling in for a band called Meth Dealer, uh, and I liked being in that band a lot because we played like ten minute sets of just fast blast beats and like heavy shit. And uh, the motto of that band was uh, "fat, fast, and pissed," mostly fat. <laughs> and uh, I toured with that band a lot, and I was like, I don't know, it was just super fun just seeing how like crazy and like buck wild, like not only like playing in that band, but just like the shows that we were playing and it's like I don't know it you know, that opened me up a lot to you, this stuff too you know a power violence band is gonna be really good when all, most of their members are fat guys oh yeah 100% <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome nope, also that's uh, I probably got drawn into hardcore because I'm super mad at my dad have you seen that oh, you remember that movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler oh, when he's course. like He's like, see, everybody has problems with their dad. Like, some punk dude walks by, and he's like, hey, man, don't worry. It's it's not your dad's fault or whatever. And he's like, fuck you, man. He's like, he's like, he's like forgive him. And then he walks away, and he's like crying. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. No, I definitely, um, yeah, I think your answer kind of, the, the thing that really drew me into punk, and it seems like a, a theme, punk or hardcore, it just seems like a theme for everybody that's been on the podcast is just like the energy that that music like there's something that's like maybe we're predestined to come in this world and like you know some people listen to punk and they're like ew what's that like yeah you know i never want to listen to this ever again like <laughs> yeah, even, it's really like authentic you know, and that's what for i sure, like for some sure. some some punk and some hardcore is authentic then i listen to some where i'm just like the fuck is this i don't want to listen to this either like <laughs> it, it just sometimes i do feel like some of the newer um you know when we were younger like the music was way way more raw and like mm-hmm. we didn't have the recording technology that we have now today and now like some of this i mean i'm a big pop punk guy too like i'm mm-hmm. a, I'm, I'm a big skate punk like you know but when i listen to some of the newer pop punk it just sounds so produced and right. i'm like i like when bands when they're 
I, I don't always like, I don't like being that dude that's like, like, oh, I really loved their earlier stuff. Right. But like, usually the earlier <laughs> stuff is more raw and like, right. it's like they're, they, you know, band, when you're a younger band, I'm sure with my own, even with my own music, I look back at some of that stuff and even though like the recording quality's gotten way better, it's like, oh, you could feel like I was trying to mm. prove myself a little bit, put, put this out there. Like right. we were doing the best we could with what we had, which wasn't much. And like, you know, then bands get bigger and they can afford more and right. it's like it, it becomes more of this produced thing and maybe lose their edge a little bit you know what i'm saying i'm not trying to i'm not talking shit on anybody specifically <laughs> like especially no local but you know just i see that a lot with right. ba- with like bands when they get more in mainstream oh, you know what sure. i mean and it kind of loses it's uh it's loses really its edge it's really funny uh <laughs> the funniest and also kind of truest thing that i ever heard uh, is our friend Drew, who he used to play in our band with us. He has a very like metalcore, like upbringing as well, like in like kind of emo band upbringing. And I kind of like got him into hardcore. I would like go over to his house and be like, "Dude, check out this band!" And I would play like Desolated or something like something super heavy. And eventually, kind of pulled him in. I showed him like Backtrack and like a bunch of other bands. And I pulled him in. And like when he started playing with us in the band, he was just kind of really getting into hardcore. And Jack had him listen to the the band Spine, which like are for some friends of ours. And Drew, he goes, "Man, this sounds like a fucking washing machine. What is this?" And it's just like <laughs> crazy, just like any like. What... <laughs> I got so mad because I fucking love that band. <laughs> it's 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 funny and it's kind of true, but it's really funny to hear like someone from the outside of like hardcore kind of like just i don't know almost like have that kind of insight on it but like he does like those kind of bands he's just like giving it shit you know like he's like this sounds like a washing machine dude i I fucking like you know i fuck with bands that are like kind of over polished like recording like if it's out if it's if the music's good the music's good the recording sure i do appreciate good recording quality but also me too i also fuck with bands like uh you like every like Youth Attack Records band, bro. Listen, to you, <laughs> have you ever heard of Youth Attack Records? No. Oh my god, it's like sounds like sta- a, it's like a water bottle. It's dude. a bunch. It's, it's a bunch like, of <laughs> it's a bunch of like hardcore. It's a bunch of hardcore punk bands, but it's all like it's the guy from the guy from this band called Charles Bronson like started this okay. label, and it's all like hardcore punk bands, shit recording quality, but it's all fucking awesome. <laughs> um, sounds like uh, it was recorded on like a. Xbox microphone or something like a first <laughs> Xbox microphone. There, there was uh, I, I was at Midwest Bloodfest in 2016, and Tyler Short from at that time he was in another mistake, and he go uh, I can't remember what was going on, but he goes like, "Hey, you guys want to hear a joke?" And he took a water bottle and crinkled it up around the microphone, <laughs> and he goes, "That's every band on Youth Attack." <laughs> and I died. <laughs> that was the funniest shit. That's hilarious. So, what do you guys? What are some of? It sounds like maybe you've mentioned them already, but like what, like with Gateway to the West Fest and stuff like that. What are some of your most memorable shows that you've been to? Maybe one that you've been to and one that you've played. Um, first fuck. off, the I, I think I speak for both of us. Best show we've ever played was probably our record release show we did. Uh, the worst the, of us. The worst of that us. That was EP. a super fun show. It was uh, at Fubar. Oh, sick. Uh, last minute. We were going to have it at... Uh, we were going to have it at the Midwestern, but, but they... They were camp. having the World Series, weren't they? Uh, it wasn't the World Series. It was just the playoffs. Oh, man. It was I, don't know, I don't know sports. It's, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a sick place, but it's a, it's a bar and restaurant, like, downtown, like, right by the stadium. And they had a nice big patio with a big stage, and I've seen a show... I saw a show there, and I talked to the promoter there about booking this EP release, and they... 
you know, they heard, they knew who we are. They wanted to do, they totally let us, ha let us have the venue. And they were going to totally make it, like, free. And, you know, I, we were going to draw, like, a good amount of people. They canceled it, like, the day of, unfortunately, because of the, they can't, they, they, the Cardinals. They were they were proceeding in the playoffs. They canceled. <laughs> they, they, they gave us a warning that they were going to cancel it, like, three weeks before the show. So I was like, okay, fuck this. We're not going to fuck with y'all then. So I hit up, like, every single venue I could possibly get a hold of. And no one could really help me out. And I kind of saved FUBAR as a last resort. And so I, call, I hit up Bob. And I asked him, like, hey, man, like, is there any way we can do this here? I gave him the whole lowdown, and he was just like, yeah, you can do it here. I'm like, thank you. Uh, how much, like, for the, how much for the, for the lounge side? He was like, don't worry about it. He just gave us, he just gave us the lounge side that night. That's awesome. It was and very cool. It, it, was, it, it was cool having it free entry, and the bar apparently did really well. And it was a pretty, it was a really good turnout. Like, that's a ton of people there. We, My, hit, uh, we hit at capacity. <laughs> yeah. And it was wild. It was, um, uh, Soulcraft. Prevention and uh, chalked up, chalked up, chalked up, and us, and it was a wild night. My mom came out. It was very That's cool. Awesome. <laughs> my, my, my mom and my dad came out. Like they walked in the venue and chalked up was playing, and people were going like fucking crazy. And I remember sitting on the stage like watching. I I look over and I see my mom going alongside the pit, and I just stand up like. I must def I must defend. Oh yeah! If anyone, hit, anyone hit my fucking mom, they're gonna die. I was ready to kill somebody. I was like, don't you fucking hit my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that show awesome. was super cool uh my mom showed up and like just there were so many people there uh and it just was it was a blast like the whole time we started playing and it was like people it's always so cool like having a show and then like you see you know when you play shows sometimes and then it's you see like the same amount of people like the same sure. people you know uh it's cool playing shows and you're just like who is this guy who the hell is that yeah like, i don't know ha i don't know more than half the people in this room like uh, and that's always really cool. You feel like you've gotten the word out to the people beyond like your immediate sphere of influence. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and people are actually coming out, like coming out and mm -hmm. watching you play. And that's, what's uh, yeah. cool about St. Louis in general. It's like, we know, we pretty much know everyone that's involved in like St. Louis hardcore and like everyone that goes to shows. Like it's a pretty small amount of people. Like the actual hardcore scene is a small scene. It's a fun scene. We all know each other. And everyone's great, but there's also, other musicians and other bands out there that like, come to hardcore shows and like check it out just because sure. they, they support it and they others oh, there's also people who are like oh, I've never been to a hardcore show before and it's like well here's here's the, here's the event page here's right. the flyer like come check it out it's and, it's I think it's really important and it's cool that you mentioned that uh, band Pinkville earlier it's oh, really yeah. in my opinion it is very important to have a lot of bands in your scene that are like young kids uh, because they're the ones who are kind of setting the bar like. As much as I Absolutely. hate to admit it, people like me and Jack, I'm like, wow, we're kind of, we're almost 30 years old. I am uh, 30 years old. <laughs> old, damn, you're old, man. Hey, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm, 20, thir I'm 38, so you're preaching the choir over here. <laughs> I'm, 20, I'm 28 years old, and I like already feel my bones hurting when it rains. So, <laughs> uh, but it's cool to like have these like younger bands because they're going to keep bringing out people who Absolutely. are, you know, entry level, getting into punk, hardcore, pop punk, like whatever. Uh, Protect Ethan at all costs. <laughs> that, that's a thing, yeah. <laughs> there's no, I totally agree. That I mean, there's um, Pinkville is one that I I'm gonna have them on the podcast at some point. I really want to have them on. Um, but like Pinkville's one. There's a, another band called Grip Slime that's mm -hmm. um, like kind of a newer, younger band. Like I just listened to that even, band today. They're good. Yeah, even the, even bands that are like in their earlier twenties, like that are they're kind of like getting out and doing it, still bringing people because like when you. I was talking about <clears throat> this 
you know, I've had people of all ages on the podcast, and like, you know, when you get older, people they have careers and jobs and stuff right. like that. They can't. It's harder for them to get away from their daily routine. They have families, kids, you know, other responsibilities. When you get older, and it's just harder to get people my age to come out. You right. know what I mean? I think it like I'm still going out, like, <laughs> but I don't have. You know, I don't really have that many responsibilities at, at this point. Like, right. I'm, I'm in an interesting point in my life where I can do stuff like this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to devote to it. But I totally agree with you. Like, the younger kids are always the ones that are, like, bringing people out, you know. Well, it was wild because I went to the uh, the Fight Back Mountain release record, a record release at, yeah. at the record space. Very good and album, by the way. It was it's very good. It's a very, very cool band. Um and I was just like watching them play, and I saw all these like young kids who I was like, I don't know who these kids are. Uh, and like just this unbridled, just energetic youth where these kids are just like moshing and like pushing around. And I'm like, they don't care if they like don't look cool or not. And I'm just like, these kids are like living in it. And like, I felt like that at that age too. Like, and it's just awesome to see that. Like, I love it. Absolutely. I mean, don't, do you guys feel like, at this point, because I do, I feel like, I don't know if it's because we're coming out of COVID now, mm-hmm. or not, I mean, COVID is still a thing, <laughs> like, it's still happening, but, you know, because shows are back, and people are getting vaccinated, and stuff like that, mm. it seems like the shows that, a lot of the shows that I've went to, like, there's been a lot of people, like, people oh, are for sure. coming out to shows, like, everyone's to, been, like, pent up, they're just like, I gotta go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels like, um, I mean, even just seeing um you know following stuff on three and four punk and seeing people what people are posting Mm -hmm. from shows they're going to it looks like there's a lot of people at like every event and that's really exciting you know what i mean for real our uh, our first show back like post post covid or whatever you want to say uh was like that it was like in june wasn't it i believe so we played uh in springfield and we played uh, we, it was the the tunnel show. We played underneath. Oh, that looked dope. It as was shit, dude. Insane. As far like that had to have been in my top five favorite shows I've ever played. That looked with, insane. Like, a record release. It was a uh, under I fifty five and with a generator and like in a cement tunnel. And I thought uh, that was loud as hell. It it was loud. We thought it was gonna sound like like dog shit to be honest, but uh, it actually sounded fine. Uh, there were like three bands that played and like as soon as we start playing I was just like oh my gosh I haven't played music live in like however long it had been and it just felt very like I don't know therapeutic like, we opened with Rocky Like a Hurricane by Scorpion oh, yeah. like, the, like, the, like the beginning riff and it just set it off it was it was cool. that's insane yeah that's it was also awesome. with um, it was I think it was just us prevention and side eye yeah it was just a three band show cause shout they, out side eye they don't um, they don't uh, legally do shows there obviously because it's like you're in, it's a generator show underneath the highway. Oh sure, but like sure. they they have the, they so like <laughs> I remember so like I grew up in like in between scenes between like the St. Louis music scene and Springfield Illinois scene being from Hillsboro, uh, and I spent a lot of my early, like like teen years going to places like the Black Sheep Cafe when okay. it was like yeah. a thing, and uh, they would have these uh, dumb fests which were like just two or three day long like punk hardcore whatever kind of bands that played the fest and uh they would have these like secret after shows uh and uh it was like an ask a punk where the show is because they would have them in like a tunnel or like 
in a parking lot somewhere and they would get these shows set up and done so quick before like anybody could like call the cops or like do anything like that and that's like they'd never had a show shut down and I'm just like how there's like houses like over there and stuff like do people just not, I guess people just don't give a fuck in Springfield like, uh, but I loved it it was so cool like it was so cool just having all these like dirty punk kids like stomping in like a cement like tunnel I'm like this is this is hardcore like this is gritty as shit like dude that I, I saw that on I think it was on somebody's page mm-hmm. when that when all that happened and I was like that just looks like an incredible time like and and that that to me is like Punk as fuck. You oh, know absolutely. what I mean? Like, hey, we're going to get a generator and play in a tunnel tonight. Yeah. Like, our, uh, <laughs> our, that's just incredible. Our guitar player, Anthony, that was his first show he's ever played ever. Yeah, this wow. is his first show. That dude is also, like, I'm just going to shout out Anthony for a minute and gas him up. One, he is probably the best guitar player that I've ever played with, like, in my life. Uh, dude is a fucking maniac. He just sits in his room and, like, plays Polyphia songs, like, all day. And I'm like, dude. Like we're playing in a hardcore band, like, and you are just, you are dialing it down, like for real, because you are so much better than like what we're playing here. Uh, but like he's super good, and like I can't, be- I couldn't believe that he had never been in a band or like played a show really. So it was just kind of cool <laughs> to see him finally do that. He seems he seems to be having a good time with it. I hope. <laughs> hey man, if that was your first show you ever played, that's like a good start. Yeah, man. but. Yeah. That's I played incredible. a lot of really shitty shows in my life. Oh, I me wish too. my first show could have been like crazy cool like that. <laughs> he, uh, he got he got the he got the fuck down on these last two shows we played in Springfield. Like, there's there's a couple cool photos of him. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <clears throat> him and Jonathan, uh, our bass player, they like they've been friends for like a really long time, and uh, Jonathan hadn't been in a band in like a good while, like a really long time too. So it was, that was both that tunnel show was both of their first shows playing with us. That's sick. Um, so, what are what are some of your favorite? And I'm sure I know we've, you've mentioned a ton of bands already, but like, what are some of your favorite St. Louis based bands, either past or present? Cross examination. I was gonna say Time oh. Pressure. <laughs> time Pressure, definitely. Just kidding. They suck. R.I.P. Time Pressure. Uh, but Cross Examination and Cardiac Arrest. Okay. Uh, Cross Examination <laughs> is fucking weird because they technically I don't think are broken up but they just don't play anymore. And, but every time I seen them, like, you know, years and years ago, it was always so fucking wild and so much oh, fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've seen Cardiac Arrest like, a good amount of times, but I guess they called it. Like, I haven't heard, I haven't talked to Rob in a good time, a good long time. Um, who else? The Time Pressure, Cardiac Arrest, Cross Examination. That's all I got right now. Do you remember um, Step On It? Yes. Yeah, they yes. were one of my they were one of my favorite kind of like hardcore punk bands. I like saw them the day. once, I think at Gateway, and that was a good time. Yeah, I saw them at. Um, I've seen them a few times, like, um, but I saw them at. Uh, I saw them in the basement of the Red Sea, like a long time ago. Was, like this uh, would have been like two thousand seven. I and, never and, never got a chance to go to the Red Sea, but that's where I know shows were like. Yeah, that, it, that, it was that, pretty that, crazy. That was, like, that was a place where shows were happening. Yeah. Oh, um, Sweet Tooth. Okay. Sweet Tooth. Current or is that past a, band? Okay. A long time ago. Uh, those I think, I think one or two of those guys plays in Lumpy and the Dumpers. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of those, those guys went and did their own like are doing their own things now, I guess. But like yeah, that was a, that was a band that like uh, my old punk band's first basement show ever was with them, and that was wild. It was a good time. Um, 
Man, oh man, there's just so many like dope St. Louis punk bands out there, past or present. It, that, it's kind of funny because like my favorite current, like some of my favorite current St. Louis bands aren't even like super heavy or like hardcore bands. Like uh, straight up, my favorite St. Louis band that is currently active is probably Lobby Boxer. I think that band is so oh, good. Oh yeah, dude. They're, they're, dude, uh, they shred. They're fucking they're crazy. Insane. And like, shout out Max because he's in like a bunch of other really good yeah. bands. He actually recorded the b-side of our record oh, that's uh, cool. over at utopia but i mean i've been you know following and following that band and played some shows with that band like since like their early days uh me and alex reed who plays in a band called reaver from alton okay yeah uh we went <laughs> the lobby boxer had their record released a couple years ago for that what was the name big bucks that album they put out and they played at the duck room and Alex and I got kicked out because we kept stage diving everyone. Oh, and I was like, we can't do that here. What do you mean? Like, I was like, maybe you shouldn't write such stage diveable riffs and I wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it. as far as active bands, like they're one of my favorite bands. Um, Reaver? Reaver or, okay. or Lobby Boxer. Okay. But yeah, Reaver okay. is really sick too. We're actually playing a show with them on a Wednesday and Alton at the conservatory okay. with, uh, with Livid, which is like a power violence band. Uh, yeah, I've heard like... I've talked to, I've been seeing more stuff come out of the conservative, the conservatory. Like mm-hmm. I, I went there when it was called Bottle and Barrel yeah. a few years ago. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that place, oh. uh, different owners. I don't know. I don't, right, you know right. I don't know them. Fuck sure, them. we played we played Bottle and Barrel like once or twice, and like I pre- we appreciate Alex for like booking those shows. Oh yeah, day, for but sure. Yeah, the yeah. Place was just awful. Everyone so that but it's the same building, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So everyone that like wasn't involved with Bottle and Barrel I think is cool but uh, the owners apparently like really sucked I think they made meth in that building I'm just gonna say it (laughs) Uh, but yeah fuck them the Uh, conservatory is cool because it's like new owners and it's people I know and and it seems like they're they're bringing in some like Touring bands and oh, like yeah. you know and and they I had like a fest like uh, a couple days ago with like a bunch of like yeah bands and other bands yeah and stuff too. I I have a friend in a band from um like Ohio West Virginia area and they're they're actually playing there tonight I'm not gonna be able to make it but like um they're called Stage Moms and like I he was looking for a venue everything's booked down here right now and I was like hey try the conservatory I don't know you know it's a Monday night like, right. I don't know what they have going on and. <laughs> They hooked him up with a show and got somebody like local supporting it. So it's like, it, I mean, it's nice to just have another spot. And like, I I always I'm I've always been really big on, like, Illinois because I'm from Illinois. Like right. having having Illinois like something active over there. But it's always been harder for me to get. Like I don't have a following in Illinois. Right. You know what I mean? Like everybody that I know that is gonna want to come to a show like would be here. And right. being from Illinois, I don't have a problem going over the river. But I know there's a, like this mental block with people that are like mm-hmm. yeah as soon as i cross the river i have no idea where i'm at i don't know what direction it is right. like you know my, my mom is like afraid to come into st louis because she's like she's just like i don't know she's just afraid of the city i think and like i always have to like drive back home to go see her and i'm like it's not that bad as i've been like living in st louis for like five or six years and like flipping off every car that i drive by i'm like get out of my way like it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> I just moved back to the south side. And I, and nice. On my way to on my way to our practice space, I saw a guy with a ski mask just walking down the street. <laughs> Tight. And I was just like, I miss I miss this place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just moved back almost two years ago. Like I lived in Collinsville for a really long oh, time. Oh, tight. Yeah, for super I used long to time. live in Collins before I moved to St. Louis, and I had only lived in Illinois. 
uh, right before I moved to St. Louis, I was living in Collinsville, literally across the street from the giant ketchup bottle. Oh, no shit. <laughs> like those really <laughs> sucky apartments. <laughs> okay, I know exactly where you're, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you're Which talking about. Which is wild, because uh, shortly before I moved, uh, it was on the news in Collinsville that there's like this field that's like right across the street by that uh, giant ketchup bottle. And I don't know how true, th- I don't know if this is true or not. I think I heard it. But uh, apparently they like found like a dead body or something like, oh, in a, shit. like in a dumpster or something over there, and I was just like, "I'm leaving." Like, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's on. Crazy the, over here. Too, I'm so. on the south side too. So <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, yeah. So every once in a while, like, there's just weird things that happen, and it's just like, oh, that's just normal. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um. Okay, so I wanted to ask you guys some questions from Instagram here. Sure. Because um, I've, I've been trying to kind of put it out there like, hey, we're interviewing this band. What do you want to ask them? So Drew Deficit asks, oh God. what the heck? Hold on. Let me go back. <laughs> what the heck does the name even mean? All right, Jack, you're up. <laughs> um, it really doesn't mean fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I thought of the name like Drastic Measure. But I don't like. I was like, I don't want to be fucking like. Drastic just sounds like too desperate. It's like you know, you, you got. I wanted to. You could say it's a desperate measure. <laughs> I, 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 I wanted to be more like as the band name is. I want to be more direct. I want to be more in your face. I want okay. like our lyrics to like stand for something. I want like I, instead of taking a drastic measure and like you know, I feel like drastic measures is like people pan, you're panicking and you don't know exactly what what you want to do, and you just shit gets sloppy like you're. But with direct measure, you're you have a plan. You're straight ready to, to the point. Straight to the fucking point. Okay. Yeah. No. No bullshit. See, what like what that. really happened is we got almost sued for our band name, so we panicked and quit picked another band. Name. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever hear? And that was a yeah. direct measure was a name I had on the back burner before uh, both. So what happened was when we the band originally started, we were brute force, and that was a name. Okay. I, mm. That was a, I, 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 I knew about this. I've heard of that band name too so. oh yeah and um, this is our this is our joker story our origin story. yeah yeah like um so <laughs> yeah we were going by this name for a good while and we were under dog years records shout out chris Mullet. oh chris he made this t-shirt oh this shit hoodie. i didn't realize yeah. you were wearing oh, that's that cool. yeah he he did chris Mullet did all my uh not all but he's done like the last three or four like album artworks for me too so nice yeah. dude he's awesome the man dude. Awesome really dude. talented at yeah. what he does for sure love him yeah <laughs> The um so youth he, energy baby youth energy <laughs> he got a so when we landed on the name we all thought we were we were okay with this name uh I, I looked up brute force to find other bands like that and there were there like probably four or five there, bands there was there, there was a there was a good handful but they weren't doing shit they were like inactive bands so yeah so like, I was okay. like I was like we can we can we can take this and run with it and I wanted um so well we. I was looking up this one person called Brute Force. It was a person. And they were like uh, comedy comedy music, like Haywood Banks or something like that. Okay. I describe so like I describe this person as like early Beatles, like yellow not early Beatles, but like Beatles yellow submarine era. Okay. Weird avant garde kind of just freaky music. Um He has a song called To Sit on a Sandwich. It is catchy. He song, he sings about like the song's a bot man. This song he sings so like this dude's name I'm just gonna I'm just gonna name drop him. Fuck his him. Name's Stephen Friedland. Fuck him. He's like 80 years old. This old dude who lives in like New Jersey and he's been making music since like the 70s. 
uh, and he he didn't hasn't recorded or done anything since like that time. He's also like a like he has a small acting career. He was in the he was he was in the first Ghostbusters movie. Oh no shit! I was just watching that. He's the fanatic. He was, he's the guy in like all white who's like yelling about something. I don't know. I haven't watched that movie in a minute. Oh, I love but, that uh, movie. He basically like um, we we put out the first brute force CP chilled for a little bit and like we were playing shows off of it and then we put out a couple sets on a uh, hate five six so like we had a couple film sets and then immediately after that um this dude reaches out to i don't think he reached out to us i think he actually reached out to chris because we were on dog years at the time and sent him a cease and desist oh my. uh because we were writing music under his alias you know his when, name when he told us that i was like i thought that guy was dead I, well, the funniest thing is whenever we put out the first EP on Spotify, uh, we put it up and you could see like the other artists, Brute Force, with like all this weird music. And I was like, guys, this is our band. <laughs> and I like, then like that guy reached out to like us and basically was just like, you need, he got all of our, all of our music taken down. Oh, wow. It was crazy. And like, I was like, at first I was like, let's just tell this guy to fuck off. Like, but then he is like, he sent us like a, he is like a certified paralegal. And uh, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, like this we can't gonna, beat we, you. This guy's going to take us to court over some We just can't shit. beat you. <laughs> we, we, tried, we tried to find ways around it. We were like, going to be like brute force STL. And then like it just wasn't panning out. And I was like, we just, we'll just take the L. Fuck it. Fuck yeah. this dude. I'll just. We sat down whatever. and <laughs> talked about changing the name. And I mentioned direct measure. The guy seemed to like it. And landed with that. And it was kind of like around that time we were like really deciding to like find our sound and like change our style up a bit so i feel like it, i feel like it worked out like i feel like the name's a lot i feel like the name could be the name's a lot brute, it, brute force is not a good name it, yeah it, we, like, we've kind of like played enough shows and we since we just released this like self-titled direct measure ep uh i feel like at first it was kind of awkward transitioning into that band name but now sure. i feel like we've kind of like landed in our own oh yeah now. so it's, it's one of those weird things where it's like um yeah, I think anytime you change a band name or start a new band or something like, you it, until you play a show or really like put out something that kind of like a logo or right. like a you know kind of solidify it a little bit, it always feels like oh what is this yet yeah, you know right. what I mean like um, it takes a minute for it to like <laughs> I just watched the new Venom movie movie oh, nice. so it's like it takes a minute for it to like <laughs> symbiote with you oh, <laughs> you gosh. know what I mean. <laughs> It was okay. just it was just such a surreal thing to have this guy like threaten to sue us and just this such the weirdest character. <laughs> that is He's so weird. so weird. Like he I so, feel like this could be a Saturday night live skit. Like So it's funny. <laughs> this dude he is like semi well known. Like I looked him up and like I deep deep dived to find out about this guy, Stephen Friedland. And he uh he got talked about on like Conan O'Brien, like Kevin James and Adam Sandler knew who this guy was because they talked to them about like what are some weird artists that you performed with in your early careers, and they both mentioned this guy Stephen Friedland, and how just like he had this like bit where he uh, he was talking about he called himself the vinyl seat player, and he would sit on a leather seat and like slap it like bongo drums and just start singing about random stuff and I was like you're a fucking freak I hate you like god I was anyway, trying to look him up on Spotify I will later to sit on later, a sandwich sure. and then he has a song called fucking which is really good oh okay I am the fucking is what it's called oh right? okay okay clever Friedland yeah um okay so next question is 
Um, ask Jake about Stan the Van. Stan the Van. Oh, so from Stan, Reverb Band. Of course. So I knew that. I know this is from Alex. Uh, so <laughs> that's so silly. Uh, so that's just my old van that we used to tour in. I bought, um, whenever me and Alex, whenever I joined Loses the Mighty and started playing with Alex, we talked about doing these tours and, uh, I was like, I was like, I'll buy a new van or buy a van. Like, I think I, I was driving a, uh, a Ford Ranger, which was like my first vehicle and I blew up the engine in it and I was like, I need a new car. And I just so happened to be playing in this band. Uh, so I spent like a thousand dollars on this like utility van that someone had. Didn't have any back seats in it. I literally bought a couch and put it in the back seat. Nice. Uh, I it like was it. The, it was very unsafe. It was a very unsafe vehicle. You could bolt it down though with some L well, brackets yeah. or something. Yeah. We I literally well we pretty much just positioned it in there with gear so nothing could ever move. Oh, that's uh, that's one. That's another way to do it. <laughs> but, uh, I literally bought this van. It had like a hundred and like ninety thousand miles when I bought it. Drove it for like four years, and it had like by the time I scrapped it, it had like three hundred thousand. Oh my god! We toured literally everywhere. We went to California, Texas. That's amazing. Uh, I think we went out east a couple times, and yeah, it just had been all over the place. So. Okay, um, disturbed guy. Oh, ah, ah, ah. That's also Alex. That's also okay, Alex. so <laughs> for fuck's sake, Alex. So cool. It. He already. We already covered some of these things, but previous embarrassing metalcore and punk bands they were in. I think we already. Yeah. went through that <laughs> yeah. um, comic book days asks that's my girlfriend favorite <laughs> tracks from the self-titled oh man I would say Realm of Grief and Direct Measure honestly uh, Realm of Grief is really fun because we shot a music video for it and put it okay. out I've seen the video and listened to that song yeah um, I like that song a lot but other than that I get pro I really like direct measure like on the track itself but uh, uh, I really like the song vessel like the opening track just because it starts the record off like super just yeah. boom, God, and then just starts going man they're all fucking good buy the album we, we only write we only write bops so okay <laughs> final question um, and we've covered some of this, but this will be a good one to kind of end on. Mm -hmm. um, probably Marcelo. Anybody hey, Yo, Marcy. Mar Marcelo uh, was the first drummer. He was our original okay. drummer. <laughs> okay, uh, history of the band, what's happening next for them, your favorite Midwest bands. We've kind of covered two of those, but like, what's happening next for you guys? Well, um, so as of right now, we're in the talks of uh, writing a full-length album. Oh, no shit. Uh, so we have a few shows coming up, but like, so wintertime is probably our time for writing songs. We, yeah, we're already about three, probably three songs deep uh, into like a full-length. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to like finish writing a full-length record, but I'm not excited to record it and send it off and wait like however God knows how long for a pressing plant to, you know, be so done making them. It's one of those things where it's like, so right now we have like only a cup, like a handful of shows. So let's sure. focus. Let's let's write. Uh, let's write this record in the winter time, and start really planning ahead for touring and like trying to get more yeah, out of town we, shows. Like we we were trying to like step back as much as we can from playing local because we really want to get out more out of town. Sure. Because we really want to sure. get on the road and meet new people, and we have a bunch of friends in different cities that we want to like hang yeah. out with. Being at Promcore over the weekend, uh, we got to meet a lot of people that we've been like talking to on the internet for like however no yeah. long, however long. Uh, we have like a few shows booked, and then we're doing a like a four day run in November. Uh, so like that'll be like 
technically it's kind of going to be like the first time this band has really like to- done any kind of touring uh, just because we've gone through like several lineup changes yeah. like we've played a ton of shows locally but like we're just like I just want to play out of town all the yeah. time I'm, I like playing St. Louis but it's like I love the sinkhole it's like my favorite venue sure. but oh, I have love played it. the sinkhole so many times that I just want to go to shows there for a while yeah yeah <laughs> we played like Springfield Illinois a handful of times we played Tulsa now three times it's like we want to like definitely get out to other cities and we want to yeah. we want to check out their scenes we want to like make sure like we just want to get out there like we want to have fun and you know, whatever time we have left on this earth, I want to get out there and play like as many cities as I possibly for sure. can. Yeah, yeah, and and you you might I think whenever you, even if you just do three or four day runs, like, you you know you're playing with a band in the city that you know, or you know I think the best way to do it is like play it in Tulsa or somewhere with a band that's mm-hmm. from there that has a following there, and then like those fans see you on the flyer, they've checked you out ahead of time, they're listening to you on Spotify, and then mm-hmm. they come to your show, and then like you kind of get new fans from that for like, sure you know and and i think like i totally agree with you on um like you know dialing it back a little bit like with um playing hometown shows too mm. much like unless it's something like a cd release or some kind of like yeah. showcase like i i really i'm really big on like space it out and get a bunch of people i want people to be there when i play right. like <laughs> like right you know what i mean i i've i'm i've played so many shows where there's been nobody there i'm like i want to people to be there when I play so like I'll I'll just space it out like every couple months every three months maybe you know what I mean like mm-hmm. really promote it get people you know jump on a show when it seems like the right thing to do like right. when, if, when it's if, something you want to do but if like if it were up to me I would play St. Louis like maybe like three times three or four times a year and then sure. that would be it <laughs> like uh, cause we just you know and then people want to you kind of create a demand if you look at it from like right. a, a marketing perspective like Oh, they only play three or four times a year, so like I should go see them mm-hmm. when they play. I, you know, not that. That's that's just my personal no, I agree theory. With that you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like. I love I love St. Louis, and I hope you know, but I we we need a uh, man. I forgot, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just um I I played away. I played every fucking venue in the city, and I just want to do more out of town shit. I just, yeah. you know. Unless it's like really worth it, like if there's a band coming through that wants to play with us sure. and that we want to play with, it's like okay, let's see what we can right. do here. Well, it's like touring, like I don't know, it's we also it feels jobs. like vaca- feels like a vacation, like we, and that's we, what I, I want to just be on vacation. Oh forever. yeah, <laughs> we also have day jobs and like a couple of sure. us. It's 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 so hard to like take off for like a show that like I don't know is it like really worth it to like lose money over. But like, there, uh, if, if it's like out of town, like if we're gonna be gone for a couple of days, like when we when we and I took off two days to go to prom corps, I was like, fuck yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I don't care how much money I'm losing right now, dude. Go we, yeah, yeah. Well, we we a uh, couple of years ago, like um, my band, we we just did we did a night in Kansas City, a Friday night in Kansas City, and then a Saturday night in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and like. We're a little older. We were so tired the next day. Like, Dude, we the, <laughs> the next time. day, I don't. Th- I think I took like Sunday and Monday off because I was like, I'm not gonna want to do anything. Yeah. But sleep, just like the hustle. It, it's it's a hustle, you know. I mean, it's a lot of riding in a van for sure. But for like, real. you know, but it is like, there's a lot more to, you know, just even that small little like two days in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, is 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 to, to think about right. doing that every day for months right months well that's like, like we we did this like little it's hardcore uh, <laughs> we, we played we played dumb records the other day and then drove the next day to tulsa to play the pre-show for prom core 
and then spent two days at the actual Promcore Fest, and it's like, dude, I like, I just felt like jello the whole time, and like, I, I was literally like taking ibuprofen like the whole time, because I'm pretty sure I might have like tennis elbow or something like that, like, like I, my body was just wrecked, and then I went to work today, like at, like I, we got back on Sunday, I rested for like however many hours, and I was like, well, I gotta go back to work tomorrow, and I was just like, like I don't know, just like limp walking into work, like oh my god, this sucks. <laughs> I was, but it was fun. It was still worth it. Like it was still crazy fun. I was sore as fuck at work today. <laughs> like I work, I do manual labor, so it's just like, oh uh, yeah, it was not fun at all. But the the whole experience of the weekend was a lot of fun. But just like man, like on the drive home, we're all like just like sleeping, like ha- like we're all sleeping in the I van basically. <laughs> well, one person, we all took turns like driving, and everyone yeah. was sleeping. That's awesome. <laughs> we're, I was we're, crying, we're, laughing because uh, all wiped out. Well, Anthony, he was making this like collage video of like the weekend, and uh, Kevin kept quoting this. Uh, it's like these guys who do uh, this like terrible karaoke. I can't remember what their names are, but they do like uh, they do uh, like down with the sickness, and the guys just like. Ooh, ah! and, and then he's like yeah, you give it to me and I was just like literally like in tears but it hurts to laugh because my body's hurting and I'm just like please like, stop you're killing me here <laughs> that's awesome um, dude this this has been really fun guys I really dude, I really yeah. I feel like everyone that's been on the podcast like after we do the podcast like I, I consider every person that's been on the podcast at this point we've sat and talked for an hour like we're friends now for real you know? yeah. so if there's ever any way that I can help you guys with anything like through what we're doing with 314 Punk and all that like just let me know I'm happy to share but awesome. anything that you guys want to talk about before we um shut it down support your local music get the fuck yeah. out get the fuck out there go to shows if it's not, um, if it's not hardcore you know, you know if it's shit you like go check it out support the local bands buy yeah. their shit uh, it's basically yeah go to go to shows uh don't have an opinion about your scene unless you're actually there. Uh, that's a good Boom. thing. If you, got, if you got some bad shit to say about uh, shows, but you're not actually there seeing what's happening, um, I think you should reevaluate that. Um, but yeah, that's... Um, R.I.P. Time and Pressure. Rip Time and Pressure. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree too. I think the biggest thing is like, get out, go to shows, be there. Like, you know, um, that's the best way to... It's it's like when restaurants close and people are like, oh, I always wanted to go to that place. It's mm-hmm. like, if you would have went, right. like maybe it wouldn't be closing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, and when there's people like what I said earlier about, I want people to be like, I want to play for people. Like when there's people at the shows, like it hypes me up. It makes mm-hmm. me want to do more. It makes me want to play out of town. Like right. it makes me want to bring people here. If if people are gonna show up, it's discouraging when you, you know, put so much hard work into your music and like promoting and people don't turn out you know but i like i said i'm not talking shit because i feel like all the shows that i've been to lately have been like pretty there's been a lot of people there yeah, like for real. you know so it's been really cool and i'm you know i just want to throw that out there to people in st louis like i feel like for a long time maybe i just wasn't being as involved but that you know, I I would feel discouraged. Like, oh, nobody's gonna show up. Like, you know, we're gonna right. play this show, and like, there's gonna be ten people there. Like, you know, and and now it feels different. It feels like oh, people are coming out to shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I don't know if that's something that maybe it's just my perspective has changed on it. That believing that people will come out and asking them <laughs> to, and they are or what. Right. But like, it seems like people are coming out. I mean that um, 
that time and pressure show looked insane. I, was, I wasn't. Yeah. I can't go to every show. I really wish I could. But well, like. we we weren't there. We were playing. So the pre-show for Promcore was happening during that show, and the whole time I'm like texting, like I'm just like, how's the show going? Like I want to be there. All, all of our girlfriends were there. Yeah. So, we were, so like they were our contacts. Like, That's awesome. Like hey, how's it going? Like it's so fucking amazing. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. It seemed like it was. It was a really good final uh, lo- last local show for them. And then we got to see, we got to be there with them on their final show at prom court. That's so dope. Like, yeah, I was like moshing with like tears in my eyes, and I was like, I hate you. Like, why are you breaking up? Well, on on the time and pressure uh, podcast that I did, but then you were in it that band briefly at the start, right? Yeah. Like, uh, so <laughs> it's funny. Um, I remember Jack and I had kind of like just started doing our band. And then uh, James or Drew, I don't remember. I think James reached out to me about them. They were starting that band, and they were like wanting to play with another guitar player. And uh, I started playing guitar with them. And uh, I think that they landed on the name Time and Pressure while I was in it shortly. Uh, I was going through like a lot of stuff at that time, and I was like, I I could only focus on like one thing, and uh, I wanted to. I, I was like, I'm gonna. I kind of backed out so I could focus on playing in brute force. Biggest mistake of my life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. It was really fun uh, for both of our bands to kind of start around the same time because they they you know they were they were being really a lot more active than we were and it just we weren't as active at the time. Like we were playing shows, sure, but we weren't doing like weekenders like every other weekend or something like that. Like we probably wanted to, but we just you know couldn't because we had jobs and we were doing other stuff. And um, like it was really cool for like them putting us on like our very first shows and like playing our first local fests together and stuff like that and it uh they've always felt kind of like a bigger brother band like for me that's awesome uh it really made me want to be as active as i can be with my band because i kind of like looked up to them for that so um yeah super (laughs) cool no super cool and then where where do you guys um where can people find you on the internet? Uh, we're up on Spotify. We have a Bandcamp. Literally anywhere you can stream music, you'll probably you can find our band. So it's like Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. And what's you, your Instagram? Uh, Direct Measure HC. Is that right? <laughs> I think so. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> we should, we should probably know that. We'll drop it. We'll drop it. So yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. This was really cool. I I've sure. been wanting to get. I know I've met you guys both. Like. At that show, mm-hmm. but like I, you know, and I, when I first started doing the three one four punk thing, for some reason, you guys were the first. Your band, I remember hearing your name. Mm-hmm. You guys and Time and Pressure and like, you know, other bands like the Disappeared and the Haddonfield, like other punk bands and stuff. But I remember thinking like, oh, I should, you know, probably follow them. So like, I remember oh, yeah. you, and then I followed both of you guys like personally too. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to finally have a. A solid hang. Oh yeah, right. this, has been, this has been a blast. Like, I love, I love doing like little like stuff like this. Like it just it feels very, I don't know. We're sitting here in like the room, and it just feels very. I feel like I'm in like a living room or like someone's house, just hanging out. You know, dude, that's what I wanted this place to be like. Is like, um, you know, I, I, at the time I lived in Collinsville, and like I, I needed a couch because like sometimes I would be here for hours and I would need to take a nap and I would want to take a break with my Sega, you know, right. like play some video games. Like sometimes I'd order lunch or something. If I was here on like a Saturday or Sunday and I knew I was going to be here all day working on music, like if I was going to come from Collinsville to here, I wanted to make it like mm-hmm. worth it. And um, that's why I, I, I like for it to be comfy, you know, and I hate uh, fluorescent light. Oh my God. So yeah. 
That's why I like just one lamp. You know, I used to have two lamps in here, but you know, yeah. Thanks, thanks, man. For sure. I know the I know the vibe. The vibe is right then. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Same little style, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, yeah.